I like fall. I like the colors that come with fall. It's just what comes after it I don't like. So my prayer, my discussions with the Lord, I said, Lord, since all the weather is kind of radically changing everywhere all the time, can we uh, just do rain in Salt Lake City and snow up there? I'm just, it's just a request, and, um, you know, anyways. Recently, we, last week we had a baptismal. It was really fun, great time. Amen, yeah. Um, and before that, we're talk, we were talking about, you know, narratives. Narrative is scriptures and, you know, what Jesus says, what, what life around us says. This morning, I am going to talk a little bit about narrative, but it's more of a heads up, and I'm going to talk about generosity. And just uh, maybe from a perspective that you haven't really considered or haven't thought about, but just the idea that generosity is a part of who we are in Christ Jesus. Um, And the idea of freedom in Christ, the idea of being free, not entangled with things around us, but just really to be free. And... uh, One of my favorite scriptures for that is uh, Galatians. It says, let me be clear. The anointed one, speaking of Christ, has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. And wonderfully free. Not not just a little free, but wholly free. Completely free. Eternally free. I mean, we're talking some, some spans here, right? We must always cherish the truth and stubbornly, and this is the reason why I use this translation, it's called the passion, is that word right there, stubbornly. Refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Now, when I think of being stubborn, I think of two people, mostly. Well, actually three. Two people, but three people. My mother, her sister, and my brother. Because they were so stubborn about things that even though it made sense to do something differently, they'd still stubbornly do the things that they've always done, and they'd get this look on their face like like that. Especially my mom. My mom and my aunt. And I and just, that came to me, and I thought, that is what the Lord wants me, want us to do when it comes about things of the past trying to bring their tentacles back into our life and pull us backwards. We just... No way, Jose, right? So, Jesus, the anointed one, died so that you and I might be free. And, and freedom from all kinds of things. I mean, we, many of us have dealt with bondages from our past and, and just old attitudes constantly trying to creep up. Just all of these kinds of things, always trying to intervene and move into our lives, to stumble us up, to erode us spiritually. It erodes us spiritually. And look, I, I understand the journey. I understand that we're not totally complete. But I will say this to all of us today. I am more free today than I've ever been. Freedom is a journey and a process. And in that, I just refuse to go backwards. You know, I walked with the Lord for well over 45 years. And uh, recently, I'm going through this personal revival with Jesus about, you know, living, the idea of living a complete 
abandoned life for him. And then in reflecting on my own personal past is seeing the provision of God in my life again and again and again. This, this time, and I could stay up here my whole time of talking to you and tell you stories about God's provision in my life, in my family's life. The whole time. I could go way back where, where we had no food in the house and somebody comes up to the front door and, and gives us all kinds of food. I can, go, I, I can just do that all day long. Just time and time and time again. It's seeing God's provision. If you have your scriptures, turn to um, chapter 6 of Matthew. My question is, what is your purpose on this earth? Do you know why you're here? Is it to build a career? A nest egg? What wakes you up or what wakes us up each morning? What inspires you? What kind of expectations do you have? For many of us, the answer is simply nothing. Simply nothing. It's our obligations that drive us. Our commitments that drive us. But we really, as far as aspirations, I mean, many of us, if we're going to be honest, it's, man, I just want to make it through the day. I, I, I want to I stay healthy so I can take care of those bills that come in all the time. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that uh, my boss really, really likes me so I won't have to be out looking for another job. I mean, there's a lot of emotion there, right? And to think... Where are you going to be one year from now or two years from now, or ultimately maybe even five years from now? Is, it's not really a, a practice that many of us think about. But the question is then, after all of those, how does Jesus want us to live? That's the real question. And if Jesus has a plan for you and myself, then what does that look like? Jesus said this. He said this in uh, uh, it's Matthew 6.13, I believe. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. What will you put on? Is, more, is not life more than food and body, more than clothing? Jesus says, don't worry about these things. Is not life more than that? But yet... We have, a whole in, we have a whole industry, fashion industry, that helps you want to look a certain way. And sometimes it hooks us. And it changes every year. It recycles itself, actually. Anyways, that's another story. He goes on and says, look at the birds of the air. For they never, they neither sow, sow or reap nor gather in their barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? It's a good question. Are you not more valued than wildlife around us? The seasons. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to your to your structure? 
How many can grow yourself by being worried? You cannot. You're just on a trajectory and you haven't finished it yet. So why do you worry about clothing? Why, you, why do we worry about these things? Jesus says, I will take care of you. Do I believe that? Do I believe that Jesus will take care of me? And the truth is, I do. I do believe that. There's a, there's a, a place in my journey where I looked back and said, hmm, Jesus has been taking care of me. I think I'll start trusting him. Anyways, um, he goes on and says, Consider the lilies of the field. How do they grow? They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like all of these. Now, Solomon was known, he was the wealthiest man in the world, and he was known as the wisest man in the world at the peak of his reign. People from all over the world would come to him, give him gifts for wisdom. If you just read through Samuel there, and you'll see that. And so him saying this, Jesus talking about Solomon, is connecting to, because all the Jewish believers that follow him understood what he just said about that. He understood that the fact that Solomon wanted for nothing was highly respected globally, and yet Jesus said the Father takes care of them even more so than Solomon's glory. Now, if God, if God so clothes the, clothes the grass in the fields, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. He goes on to say this. He goes, therefore, do not worry, worry saying what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need all these things. But seek, the, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek God first, and all these things will be added to you. Seek God first. How do you seek? You talk to God. Talk to Jesus. Right? Jesus, you have a plan. I'm in a mess. Do you have a plan to get me out of this mess that I created? I know you tried to help me not get into the mess, but I was full of myself and decided this was the best path to take. And I'm here to tell you I'm sorry, but can you help me through this? Now, I've, that's a prayer. I want, that's confession. I've prayed that many times. Um, my suggestion to you is learn from my mistakes and don't do that. Seek God first. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own, its own things. Su su sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Then he goes on, and he go goes on in uh, Matthew. 6.19, he says this, Do not lay up for yourself treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroys and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust or de destroys 
or, th- or thieves can come, break in and steal. For where your treasure is, you will find also your heart. Where your treasure is, you'll find your heart. The things you think about the most, the things you worry about the most, what, what grabs our heart? I think one thing about freedom and allowing Jesus to be Lord of our lives, I think one word that I think helps me to to understand freedom and understand that Jesus really does want to take care of us and wants to provide for us and guide us, the one word that helps me stay focused is gratitude. Just being having a heart full of gratitude. Just being thankful. And I know I've said this before, but I am so. I grew up in a lower middle class home where money was always an issue. Always. Two hardworking parents, money was always an issue. I started working when I was 10 years old, had a job every weekend for most of my life, all through high school, worked all the summers because I liked having money in my pocket. And so that's just, and, and I gleaned a lot from life through that. I, I just, and working hard has never been an issue for me. For me, if I needed more money, I just worked more jobs. I just, and it went into my marriage like that. But it's not, a, it wasn't great for a family life. So working hard and working more hours and, and trying to be, uh, fulfill my commitments and all those kinds of things has always been part of my personality and my character. But there was a time when the, when, when the Lord said, you've got to stop doing what you're doing because it's costing your family more than you're making. And um, just to give you a quick little testimony about this is that I was working construction. I was working roughly 70 hours a week or more. And one day the Lord came to me and said, I want you to stop working the weekends. I said, well, they're going to they're gonna fire me. They're going to lay me right off. I'm out the door. And he said, I don't care. And I struggled. I said, oh, my gosh. I heard that so clearly. He says, I want you to go to your boss and say, you got me Monday through Friday, but after that, I'm, I'm not working. I'll work as many hours as you want, Monday through Friday. And, and I knew that was the Lord. I knew it. I heard the voice of God. And I went in there, and, I, and the, the owner was actually a friend of mine. I sat in his office, and I said, Mark, I can't work the weekends anymore. And Mark goes, well, you know what this means, don't you? I go, yeah, I know what it means. You're going you to give me my pink slip. He goes, yep, I got to give you your pink slip. I go, I got it. I'm totally prepared. I got it. It was a, and I was a supervisor, so um, another supervisor was there, and he got, got wait, 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 let's think this up. Let's think about this. Wait a minute. Let's just think about it. Let, wait, let's look at the calendar. Listen, we're, we're going into the, the you know, the, the, and most of the guys I worked with, were they lived in Heber and stuff like that. I said, wait a minute, wait, let's look at the calendar. You know, we're going to have to send our guys are going to go out, have to go get their cattle and the deer hunts coming. And these guys, I'll tell you what, when it was time for the cattle to come home and the deer season came, they were gone and you could fire them from here into doomsday and they didn't care. They were just gone. 
And so he's bringing all this up. And he says, no, wait, wait, let's, look, let's look at the calendar. So what happened? Give it, make the story go. What happened? I left that office that morning with my job working Monday through Friday. Yeah, yeah. There's something to say when you, Jesus tells you something and you say yes to it. I just, I'm telling you that because Jesus has a plan for all of us. Now, this is the, this is the caveat for that. I knew if I, would, if I got my pink slip, if I was to get laid off, I knew I'd be working somewhere else. I knew it because Jesus has spoken. And when Jesus speaks, his people should listen. And so what I'm trying to say here to all of us today, that Jesus says, I will take, um, I am your provider. I am your provider. Not your job, not your, uh, um, not your savings account, not your, you know, your retirement account. I am your provider. I mean, I've known people that retired and had things invested and lost it in a, in a blink. And that was, their, that was their security. They lost it in a blink. And they were retired. Jesus has to be our security. I'm going to tell you a story. This comes from Eugene Peterson. And it comes from his book, Run, Run with the Horses. And Eugene talks about in this book about this story about uh, a sparrow and her three chicks. And he's, she's kicking them out of the nest. She's on this dead branch. And he's push, the, the, the mother is pushing these three out to the end of this branch to get them. You're gone. You're going to learn to fly. So she's got the number one gets pushed off because the other two are being pushed. It gets pushed off, and there's a pond underneath there. And then, you know, one starts flying. Okay. It starts flying. And number two gets thrown in and starts flying. Then there's number three. See number three right there next to the mom? Well, number three is out there at that dead branch and at the end of it, and it's got its talents there, and it rolls, and it's just hanging on like this, and the mom's going picking at the, the talents to let go of that branch and pick, 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 pick. And it's, no, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. Do you ever feel like that? I'm not going to let go. Anyways, like that. No, 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 no. You know, that stubbornness. No, I'm not going to let go. And then eventually they let go. And it started flying. Just like that. Just start flying. All three. All three of them. Now a bird can walk. A bird has wings, you know. A bird can walk, a bird can clean, it can latch onto things. But flying is its character. That's when flying comes natural. It's its character. I want to tell us today, I want to say to us today, prophetically and scripturally, that giving, where generosity is who we are. That is what we, as coming into this born-again relationship with Jesus, we come into this character of being generous. Why? Not because it's, you know, we're supposed to work at it and just, oh, I'm supposed to be generous because I'm, you know, make it some kind of works. It's who we are. It's what Jesus implanted in us. It's what the transformed nature of who we are. We were born. We were created in, the, in God's image. 
and to be generous, to be thankful, to be creative, to live out life in its fullness is who God created us to be. And when Jesus redeemed us and came into this new covenant, you and I were brought back into that fullness of who we were made to be. The true self. The real you. Not the, the you that, that life is, has eroded. The true. Who are you truly? Sometimes we so desperately, you know, the truth is that sometimes, sometimes we so de- desperately hold on to ourselves and hold on to things because we just don't know if Jesus will help us. Right? We just don't know. And some of us sit here and we, we see how God helps other people and we, and we have that, that part in us that says, well, you know, God helps other people and all that kind of stuff. And then some of you have got some kind of fallacy thinking that believes that God helps those that help themselves. God helps you because he loves you. It has nothing to do with what you do for yourself. It's his nature to love. It's his nature to give you the best. It is his nature to reveal himself to us in such a way that he, he says, I love you more than sparrows. I love you more than the lily of the fields. I love you more than you understand, but I want to show you I love you more. I want to show you I love you more. And the truth is, uh, there's been those out there that have really messed us up. There's been those that have taught that you, you get by, by giving. You get by giving. There's been those that, that tell, if you don't give, you won't get the best from God. Well, that's just a crock. And that's just be me, me being nice. I've got a lot of other language I'd like to throw out there, but this is being recorded. <laughs> I'll let you fill in the blanks. It's okay. Just as long as it's okay with Jesus. I'm just saying. But the Lord wants to give you, all of us the best. He wants to reveal himself to you and I in such a way that illuminates our life in such a way that people go and say, where's the real you? I say, my real, that, you're talking about the old self. That person is gone. And I said earlier that I have been in this personal revival. Falling in love with Jesus again, and which brings a greater sense of hope. And I tell you, as, as you walk with the Lord, you, you and I can become, we can plateau and become stagnant and just kind of the same old, same old, or where there's no fresh word coming forth. There's, there's no life. It's just like, oh man, I've heard this a billion times before. You and I need the Spirit of God to invade our home and ignite us. In a new, fresh way. When Jesus, when the scripture says, Behold, behold, I make all things new. That's every day. Behold, I'm here for you. When he says, Come, follow me. He says, Come, follow me. And he says, Come and learn of me. I am telling you, there is a place where God wants to set each and every one of us free. 
and, deliver, and, and liberate us. You and I need to let go of that dead branch. Put that in your head. Some of you out there are hanging on to some stuff for dear life. I mean, you got your claws in that thing. And God's saying, no way, Jose. I'm not leaving you like that. It's not good for you. It's not good for us. So how do we move forward? Well, one is a willingness to stretch yourself. Who likes to be stretched? Oh, I got a few. Before this day's over, every one of you can raise your hand. Every one of you. Well, you might not raise your hand, but... It begs me to ask this next question. Who likes change? I love change. I love change. I love to be stretched. I love change. I love it. A willingness to be stretched. And in saying that, we have some thoughts that might, might help us. Next is a desire to be generous with others. See, generosity is more than what's in your back pocket or what's in your checkbook, or what's in your bank account. Generosity comes by kind words to the people around you. Generosity sees others differently. Generosity, now let me tell you another thing about generosity. Generosity is also uh, uh, not only finances, but it's time and our stuff. You know, one of the nicest things I did this last year is I cleaned out my garage, and I blessed a lot of people. It was glorious. And then my, my daughter's moving in. They're getting married next week, and then they're moving in with us. And so um, I'm having to give up space. I'm being stretched. <laughs> Which gave me another opportunity to get rid of stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm being, I am. But the, the thing is, as I'm going, I look at this. I have, you know, I have pet peas like the rest of you. I don't know what it is about me and um, swimming trunks. I don't know what it is. It's weird. I opened this bin and I got 20 pairs of swimming trunks in there. 90% of, 99% of them I haven't worn. And I'm going through them. Well, I'm going to get rid of this, this, this. And then there's, oh, I can't get rid of that one. Oh, I can't get rid of that one. So I still ended up with five pair. So I, I know you can relate. I'm telling you because I know you can relate to it. I just don't know what it, I'm the same way about shoes. Now, I, I just won't buy shoes for the sake of buying shoes, but I'll tell you what, I'll buy shoes to make my feet comfortable. And I'll save my money because those toes down there have got to be comfortable. And if they're comfortable, I'm happy. I'm just telling you, that's just my pet peeve. I've always been that way. But just the idea, I said, I don't, if I don't, it, it, somebody said, if you don't use something in a year, it should go. How many of you believe that? I'm beginning to, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I am beginning to. Anyways, that's, that's not part of the sermon. Anyways, a decision, a decision to use your time, money, and stuff to fully uh, accomplish God's plan in your life and the life of others. Now, that is the key statement. Do you have a plan that God takes you, who you are, what you have, the whole person, your whole person, and use it for his kingdom to bless others, 
to be a blessing to others. And that's, that goes at different levels. So we've come up, we've, we've been praying about this for a long time now, and November 17th, it's a Sunday, we didn't do a, a mission offering this last uh, March for this reason. We want to start a new rhythm in the life of the church. And that rhythm we want to, we want to place in November. And what we want to do, we want to take November as a Thanksgiving month because it's a natural rhythm to us. We have Thanksgiving. Every time we sit down for Thanksgiving, we'll go around the room. What are you thankful for this year? We'll have that discussion. It doesn't matter if I'm with my, my, my immediate family or the family at large. We all ask that question. And so we want to take a Thanksgiving offering that will come out of us. It's over and above everything else we do. And that we're going to give it away outside of us. It'll go away from us. We haven't got it totally all figured out what that's going to be. We're going to be writing up some literature and some thoughts on that. But we want to start a rhythm of taking November as a Thanksgiving offering that will be used for different projects outside of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get to participate. Now, here's the biggest stretching part of it. We're asking that we would take a day's wage for that offering. One day's wage. And that is stretching. Um, and for some of you, that's a blink. No big deal. You're sitting there listening. Oh, okay, no, no worries. But most, not the, the smallest percentage, most of us are going, how? How can I do that? What I, what we're, we're at, that's a goal. That's a goal. What we're really asking you to do, bottom line, that's a goal. We're asking you to pray. Is God asking you to do that? We're asking, well, Jesus, is Jesus asking you to do that? We're not just trying to create some goal for all of us to lean into. What, I, what we're really looking for is you and I saying yes to Jesus. What is Jesus saying to you? Maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe that's not really uh, a, a realistic goal for you. I got it. But what is it that Jesus is asking of you? And it's just going with your stuff. Maybe this is a thought. Maybe you got a lot of stuff. Maybe you sell some of your stuff and give that. What, what about that? Huh? That's not a bad deal, right? Sell some of your stuff. I haven't used this for a while. Let's get rid of it. We'll give it. I'm just saying, Jesus said he takes care of us. Let's live like he does, right? At some point, you, have to, you and I have to step into that. At some point, you and I have to believe it and walk in it and give the Lord a chance to see if he will come through. If he will. So that's what we're going to do on the 17th. As, uh, let's go ahead and take our offering right now. Again, you know, it is more. Now, that, the key to the, all of this, generosity, uh, gratitude, the key to all of this is more blessed to give than it is receive. Uh, and, that just, and that's practice. You and I must practice that. So, Lord, we just pray that you teach us by your spirit. You teach us. And, and I know that maybe some of us here might need some help in uh, structuring a, a positive fa- uh, finances and a debt-free life. And if you're that person and you need that, come and talk to me. and we'll, we, I can connect you with the right people. Um, as I finish up, let's have the worship team also come forward. So again, our commitment to you is we're going to start 
putting out some literature, prairie. We're just asking, most of all, what we're really asking is that you discern what Jesus is asking of you. That's really what we're asking. More than anything else, that is the most important. And that uh, also what we're asking is that we all participate. And um, it needs to be sacrificial in some level. At some level, this needs to be sacrificial. It can't be. I mean, some, it just it needs to be sacrificial. And sometimes, now that's financially, but maybe some of you um, give money, like no, that's not an issue, but boy, you hoard your time. You hoard your time. I want to ask you to pray. What's Jesus asking? You know, Daniel did a sermon not too long ago about time and broke it all down. I said, man, there's a lot of time in a week. <laughs> what do I do with all mine, right? But maybe, you know, it's real important to build kingdom relationships. And relationships, true relationships, definitely take time, folks. Trust me. It takes time. And the devil, the enemy loves to keep you so busy that you can't have vibrant relationships, encouraging relationships, challenging relationships, people that love on you, care about you, and feel and want the best for you. So I want to finish with a couple of scriptures here. It's, Paul says this. Paul said this in uh, Philippians 1. It says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard until now. I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue this work until it is final. Until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ... The Lord is moving in your life and still creating his kingdom within us and still participating. And I want to give you one more, and this is a good one. This is a challenge to each and every one of us. We keep pressing on. We keep pressing on. Philippians 3. Not that I've already obtained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold that that for that for which Christ has already laid hold of me, that I might grab a hold of all that Christ has for me. I do not count myself to have apprehend. We're not finished. I'm not completed. You're not completed. There's all, you know, you'll look at me and say, boy, you've got a lot of work to do, Daryl. I'll say, amen. Keep praying for me. Anyways, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize, for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Right? Right? That's a great scripture to memorize and pray. Lord, help me to keep pressing on. Help me to live a life of generosity. Help me to live a life of gratitude. Help me to see others as you see them and help me to see myself as you see me which is a big deal for all of us. Let's stand.